A full BMX podcast is back, baby. Is back, baby. Man, welcome back to another whole BMX podcast. We haven't done one of these in a while. And honestly, it's my fault. It is. You know, we get busy. But that doesn't mean that you guys don't want to listen to these podcasts, listen to some cool people. Um, so it's going to be a little different from here on out in 2024. It's mainly just going to be me. And then as we bring in guests, we're going to bring in a guest host to, you know, guide the conversation in more of a, a specific way. So obviously we want to have some of those those legends of BMX. We'll bring on Shannon or Tony D for that. The industry side, also Tony D and Shannon, because they have a big knowledge. The freestyle side, we'll bring in Kyle Carlson from our freestyle team. And then be on the lookout for a 2024 preview, essentially, of what we're doing, what we're changing up, and kind of a, hey, this is what we're doing for the sport. And we want you guys to know just to be on the lookout and so you can share, you can tell your friends how cool BMX racing, BMX freestyle, all the things going on in the U.S., Canada, and everything international with the Olympics and World Cup series going on. So, yeah, let's jump into it. We got Peyton Reinauer, a Tulsa local now, um, hit her up yesterday. I was like, hey, do you want to do you want to kick off the year, do a podcast with us? So enjoy. Hopefully it's a good one. Obviously, this is being recorded beforehand, so we'll see. Enjoy, guys. A full BMX podcast is back, baby. Is back, baby. Um, even better because you just swept the weekend in Sarasota to kick off the year, too. How was that? <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Really, like, of course, when I go into race weekends, I want to win. But to sweep the whole weekend was just something that I didn't even think about when I showed up there a week before. I was, I was like a little uncomfortable with the track I guess it was, I haven't I rode it once in 2020 when I was junior and Lexi remembers that weekend I know because we were all just dropping like flies like we do in our junior <laughs> class and it was windy and yeah so it felt like my first time riding there again uh when I came here this year and the track is like a little tricky too it's like didn't have a whole lot of flow to it I guess and some of the jumps were kind of technical so you had to be on it and honestly I was feeling like so so up to the race and then race day came and then next thing you know everything was just clicking so you had like you had an all-time interview with me after Friday's win um it was like NASCAR meets surfer interview and it was it was great, but you said you were, you know, the first straights just felt, felt killer. Um, what kind of changed from, you know, your practice to race laps? Uh, I guess what changed was just feeling more comfortable, more confident, and just knowing that when race time came, it was time to put it all on the line, and there's nothing that I could change that would make uh you know the track less hard or the conditions better whether it was wind or rain or whatever so just kind of honing in on myself and then saying that you know it doesn't matter everything else that's going around around you and to just focus on that one race and the laps at a time yeah 
definitely definitely um well Payne, i mean you're you're a younger face in the the women pro class but i think you've already had like a, a pretty awesome career for being what fourth year pro turned in 21 I turned so. pro in 2021 yeah yeah rookie pro yeah, the year. So. Shout out. <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i guess this is my fourth year math is hard but we're gonna roll it forward um so you went 2018 national champion uh amateur got second in bogota in 21 and then that kind of sparked your olympic run competed at the tokyo olympics um and then 20 later on that year you got the rookie pro i thought was interesting from your rookie season to last season you went 10th in 21 in 22 you went 11th and then last year you got third all the way up to the third overall what what kind of changed was it just confidence was it you know, your training what what do you think happened there I've always been someone who's been super disciplined and works super hard and Ariel Martin Verheron is my coach and we've been working together since 2017 so awesome. we're going on like year seven now it's been a while ever since I got on the U.S. Junior Evo team I've been working with Ariel but I've grown up in Pennsylvania and I pretty much lived there my whole life, trained there my whole life. And last year, mid-year, I moved, was it last year now? I'm all confused because it's 2024. <laughs> I guess it was 2022. Well, anyways, I've been in Tulsa for a year and a half now. And that's when my family and I made the move here. And before my closest Supercross track was Rock Hill, South Carolina. And my mom, dad, and I would drive down on a Friday. You know, I'd take off school that Friday. And we'd drive all the way down to Rock Hill, nine hours. I'd hit <laughs> Friday practice, stay the night. I'd hit Saturday morning practice. And then we'd drive all the way back home. And Solid. we'd do this maybe once a month, sometimes twice, especially during the winter months uh, when I couldn't ride in Pennsylvania. It gets cold there. It snows. We could not ride for three months out of the year we could not ride for like six months out of the year it just depends yeah and my track that I grew up riding was basically like a little pump track it took me about 25 seconds to get around I would snap out of the gate and I pedal and then that was like the extent of my pedaling yeah. and so I had <laughs> I had stuff to work with but I feel like I didn't have everything to work with that would make me better I guess so then made the move out to Tulsa because they had the headquarters here. And I did the, I was here for the grand opening and I got to ride the track uh, yeah. when that happened. And right when I rode the track, I was like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Cause I've <laughs> been to supercross tracks before and they're just so much different than the amateur tracks. They're so much more upscale and just faster. And I've always liked the supercross hill better than the amateur hills, but I never really, got to train on one or ride one often I would just go to the races I'd ride it get sketchy save <laughs> save some stuff <laughs> and I'd just go back to to my house and just do the same thing over again and then when I made the move out to Tulsa I had a had access to the supercross track pretty much every single day of the week you know the yeah. track is covered no rain and only can't really ride it unless we get some cold weather which is how it's been you know the past week here or so but moving to Tulsa was definitely a big change from Pennsylvania yeah because I was kind of from 
right on the outskirts of Amish country and my local Walmart had horse and buggy parking. Like I was kind of in the middle of nowhere. My, <laughs> the roads that I lived on didn't have lines on them. No more than two lane roads. Like my max speed was like, the speed limit was 45. Like of course I'd be going like maybe 55, but right. <laughs> no highways. And then I come to Tulsa and even though it's like a smaller city, it's still city to me yeah. and it's kind of weird to just be around the public I guess <laughs> you have to be <laughs> social see, and everything yeah, <laughs> yeah just seeing the public out in public is just so weird to me and no now I take the highway every single day to the headquarters and it was it was a yeah but jokes aside it was a big change for me and my parents just moving here just the culture is completely different everything was just so different from for me and I think at first it was really hard for me to adjust and get in the groove of things. But then when 2023 started and I've been here for about, you know, six months or so, and I got to settle in a little bit, then I think that's what really helped me last year, uh, yeah. racing with more confidence on the Supercross Hill and just, just in general, having access to all these tools around me has helped me so much, I think. And it's been awesome, you know, let alone just something as simple as being able to ride almost all year round is something that I never got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you say, you know, I mean, it's 20 degrees here today, feels like eight, it's it's sick, but you've been out on, on the track doing skills work, doing some, some laps yesterday you were out with your dad ripping the first straight like and then this morning you're up in our gym here at the headquarters and like we always see you in there doing the workouts so we hear the staff sees it and then we see on you know there's race days and practice days so it's it's cool that you're a part of that like our community that we're building here in Tulsa it's it's sick it's awesome yeah it's uh, awesome I mean I pretty much live at the headquarters at this point I think we all do right <laughs> yeah you're here almost as much as me so yeah um well I mean you were a podium machine last year um three thirds three seconds and a first um on the year how has it been just racing these these other ladies in the women pro class um obviously you did really well in Sarasota like we talked about but but last year you guys had a, a solid group that were constantly competing with each other so how has that been I think it's awesome honestly to race against all these girls because take someone like Elise uh who you know turned pro literally when I started racing yeah. <laughs> so I've grown up watching Elise and just even Felicia too like she always raced at NBL so I grew up like watching her race a lot and then to race against them is just awesome because when I was little I never thought oh I'm gonna be you know competing against these girls who I look up to uh when I was you know seven years old when I won my first national title and now I get to compete in the same class against them is is awesome yeah and I think we can learn a lot from each other too even though you know Elise is so much someone like Elise is so much older than me and I'm so much younger there's still so much that you can take away from the other person and my group that came in our junior class was probably yeah. the most stacked junior class I've ever seen for the girls. And I think that we also brought a lot into uh, the pro class, like me, Lexi, Mackenzie, uh, Delaney, 
and Natalie Dowerty used to race in there too and then like the Hayes girls and then we had Molly so we had like a big group of us that came in yeah. and I think uh we kind of ramped up the women's pro class a little bit because we can we just have like so much energy and just want to push each other to be better and then that pushes everybody else to be better too yeah and we really saw that at the USA Cycling uh, camp that was here in Tulsa. You guys had a, a ladies camp, I think before a World Cup or before Worlds or something like that. But it was cool to see like not even the training efforts, but the skill session like that hour before you guys actually started that. You saw what you were talking about, getting creative and like that side to a national team, you know, in front of our eyes was awesome. Especially when it's, you know, you, Delaney, T or uh, Lexus, you know, all those girls that you raced been at five in for so many years and then into that pro class so it's cool right yeah it's definitely cool to come in with your friends and then have something that you all share but then also compete against each other too like Lexi and I have known each other since we were like almost 10 years old and we used to train together all the time and we go into each other's house and have sleepovers and then next thing you know we're both on the podium together in Sarasota so it's cool to see it come full circle yeah that's sweet well Outside of racing, you're also an author, A to Z BMX style, right? How'd that kind of come about? I don't think I've ever asked you that. So my I wrote a children's alphabet book, A to Z BMX style. And I originally had the idea like 10 years ago, one Christmas at my grandmom's house. And my aunt Jennifer wrote A to Z hockey style book. So I originally got the idea from her. And I wrote my first draft on that Christmas at my grandmom's. And then I just sat on the computer and then I rediscovered it in COVID during quarantine in 2020 because this file was still on the computer. And we're, my mom and I were like, oh, this would be awesome to make it a thing because I didn't feel like there was anything in BMX like that. And everything was shut down. You know, nothing was going on when we were in quarantine mode and we pulled out the draft and we basically rewrote the whole thing. I wrote it when I was like 10 years old. The <laughs> alphabet was out of order. There was stuff solid. that didn't rhyme. Yeah. So it needed <laughs> needed a revamp. And then uh, my Aunt Jennifer helped me get like all the copyright stuff together, and which was awesome because uh, I think that's really confusing. So it was nice that she could help me with all that stuff. And then I got the same guy to illustrate my books as my aunt's. And he did an awesome job, but he also didn't know anything about BMX. So it was a lot of back and forth. Like he'd send over like a uh, picture of someone jumping and I'd be like, well, he just looks weird in the air, but I couldn't really describe him. Like he just looks awkward. <laughs> Great leg. Of, and like... <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of back and forth like that. But then we finally got everything exactly how we wanted it and sent it off to get printed and shipped to the States. And then I got 2,000 copies made, and I probably have about, like, 700 left, I think. That's awesome. And I have them at some of the races. I'll bring them to if, if it's close, but normally I'll have them out at Grands all the time because yeah. I'm so close now, which is nice. And then I have a website that I sell them on that people can buy them online. But it's been awesome, honestly, and the kids love it. And the biggest hit for the kids is that my dog, Rocket, is hidden in every single page That's and cool. they love to find her <laughs> well we love rocket out here too so <laughs> it makes sense um i think the, the coolest part of that is the uh 
the Hayes family giving them out during the balance bike races last year. It was sponsored by Mongoose. Obviously, that's your sponsor too. So um, seeing the little two, three-year-olds like get this big book wide-eyed like uh, after racing, it was that was really cool. Um, and yeah. a good time of just like, you know, that BMX family's, I mean, it's tried and true. People take care of each other and stoke each other up. So it's it's awesome to see. I think the the mental preparation that we see you going here through here for your training, for your your um, gym sessions, and then into racing, I think is really interesting with you. Because if you don't know Peyton, you're kind of a head case when it comes to racing sometimes. Was that true? Um, no, I guess it depends. I'm getting more, I'm getting more consistent though. Okay, that's good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, what What's that mental shift? Obviously, because you're really goofy and, and funny and outgoing off the track. Did it take you a while to, I guess, learn how to shift focus and be really prepared for racing? Or was that always there from when you were, you were amateur? Oh, when I was amateur, it was pretty much always there. I'm always someone who's been more goofy and never really super serious. But I also like my time by myself, too, to get in my, my little zone. Uh, but I would say when I was amateur it was just way more comfortable. Like, you know, you race against your friends and uh, there's not really like a whole lot of pressure. And then when you go up to the pro and you're racing against these girls that you've idolized your whole life and all of a sudden you just feel so much more pressure and it's all way more serious. And you look over to your right and you see this girl, like looks like she's about to kill you. So you're <laughs> like, yo, shoot, I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> and I grew up, uh, kind of just training by myself my whole life I trained with my dad and some of some of our friends but never really like the camps that we had here at Tulsa was pretty much the first time I've ever done something where I've trained with other people that were like the same speed and like skill level as me and be able to be side by side with people like that so I think that's just something that was really foreign to me and takes me a little bit time to get used to just because I've never done that my whole racing career so then now for that to happen in the pro class is something like I've been working on I think since uh you know 2021 when I came in and then I noticed that was like a big thing for me was just that huge jump and now you know there's not just two fast girls in the gate with you there's all eight of them are fast yeah that can be tough, especially, you know, I grew up in Nebraska. So it was like maybe three or four fast experts, but they're all different ages. And like, you never really had multiple people, especially to fill up a gate to train against. Um, with the the camps and everything, do you have any more, or does USA Cycling have any more planned for this year? Uh, we don't know when. Worlds and, yeah. yeah, we don't know when they're going to be yet, but we'll definitely have some camps, whether it's here in Tulsa or maybe someone in Rock Hill, too, since the Worlds is going to be there. Awesome. Yeah, and the new Tulsa local also is Herman. Um, been working with you a little bit out on the track. Um, kind of just, it's funny, you kind of see him filming from three straights away, and then you go roll up, talk to him a little bit, and then he, he stays there while you're back on the hill. Um, but how's it been you know, with him joining the USA cycling crew. Yeah. German has been awesome. Yeah. It, it's really, it's really cool to have him on the team with us because he has so much knowledge that he's bringing over that. And, and a lot of stuff that he said, it's stuff that I really haven't heard before either. So it's nice to have another perspective and new knowledge brought into the team. 
and we've never really had a coach before on Team USA. So it's great to have him traveling with us and basically just help us all be better. And I really like his input. And uh, yeah, his his English has just gotten so much better. He's like learning English while while he's here with us. So that that's fun too, but it's really cool to have him around. Yeah, I think my favorite dynamic between the Team USA people and and um, him is Picardo and him interacting. It's so funny. Like <laughs> yeah. Picardo knows like a little bit of Spanish, so he'll, he'll try to like sneak it into the conversations, but it, it's hilarious. The uh, any good uh, World Cup stories um, from your your time traveling with Team USA? Oh, I mean, we're pretty much always stuck in the airport. I don't know if this is a Team USA thing or just an in-general thing, but, oh, man, when we went to Turkey this year, we stopped in the UK, and when we got to the UK, we, like, already missed our next flight because we were late. It already took off, and we were like, oh, then we'll have to reschedule, and we get off the plane, and our bags are supposed to be checked all the way through, and we're looking on the belt at baggage claim and then we see one of Delaney's bike bags and one of Mackenzie's bike bags and we're like oh no so then we wait until the whole thing is over and none of our other bags come out so we're like well what do we do so they grab their bikes off the belt and we go up to the guy uh like at the baggage claim that worked there and he said oh well that's a mistake and then we were at the point where we couldn't put them back on the belt so they're like no you need to take the bags with you and recheck them so then we go out of baggage claim and we're looking for Turkish airlines and Turkish airlines is nowhere to be found. <laughs> and we're asking everybody and nobody wants to help us. And keep in mind, everybody speaks English here. Yeah, you're in, in the, the UK. UK. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> so no one wants to help us. Finally, they bring us to this one booth and they're like, oh, no, like you need to go over here. And we're just running across the airport at this point. I take... I tried to be a nice person. I took Mackenzie's duffel bag. Oh man, I regretted that. That thing was so heavy because I had my backpack, my helmet bag, and her duffel bag. And while she was lugging around her bike bag that was 70 pounds. Oh <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then finally we had someone who could help us. And he was like, no, like you guys missed the flight. So we're all just sitting at Starbucks defeated. Lexi gets out her goldfish. It's my birthday. <laughs> the next thing you know, the guy comes out and he was like, leave the bags, take your chances. The flight's still here. And we said, no way. It didn't take off yet. And we, they literally left their bike bags at the Starbucks in this airport, just stitched them. And we're running through security. We get through security and cutting in lines in front of everybody everyone's like oh my god this is why i hate americans get through security and then we're running towards the gate because we have no idea when this plane's about to take off now so we're just all full sprint everyone is for themselves everyone is just scattered i only see like two people in front of me and that's it and oh man all of our bags are are since we're going international trip backpacks are packed helmet bags are packed we're loaded down <laughs> and I am just running through the airport and I'm at the point where, you know, we're sprinters. We're good for about 30 seconds to like 45. And then that's it. I'm probably going on about two minutes now and I'm feeling it. 
um, I'm just thinking, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. But then I see, <laughs> like, I think it was like Delaney in front of me and I saw her still going. I'm like, oh, I got to keep going. <laughs> and oh man, we probably sprinted for almost four minutes. I was at the point where I was, I was about to put my bags down and just be like oh man I don't know but we made it just dripping sweat everyone was wearing sweatshirts and everything and just pit stains and oh man we were so gross but we made the flight made it on boom in Turkey finally but then the bags that were left at Starbucks didn't make it there and uh figured that (laughs) yeah and then Mackenzie and Delaney had to drive an hour and a half all the way to the Istanbul airport the day, the night before the World Cup race to get the bags. (laughs) Oh man, that was a crazy one. That one just, it was so crazy because we were, we just accepted defeat already. Yeah. And the next thing you know, this miracle happened and we were like, go, go, go. (laughs) From the deepest low to sprinting for four minutes straight. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you if anyone out there has never experienced the airport shin splints, it's brutal. Like the fast oh, walk yeah. to sprint, like just cramps. <laughs> Every time I'm in the airport, I seem to be sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially here in Tulsa, if you're flying, you're going through DFW. So it's the longest way around possible. Like it's the longest airport. But that's hilarious. Um well, Peyton, I mean, what's on what's on deck for you for 2024? Obviously, the Olympics is a big thing, so doing well at those World Cups is going to be, you know, important top of the top of the rung. But are you still going to hit all the the stateside stops? Yeah. So, like you said, I'm definitely focused on Paris for this year and qualifying uh, for Paris, and that will or embracing the World Cups will help me do that and doing well at those World Cups. But besides that. Uh, I need to see how like the whole schedule aligns, but definitely hit up like a few USAB Max races. Uh, I always love racing Louisville, so I'll be there. And then the Tulsa one, of course, and Rock Hill, probably Oldsmar. But besides that, I need to like look at the schedule and kind of see where everything aligns and hopefully it does. Uh, but for sure, I'll be doing all the Supercross races and then I think Rock Hill actually isn't a USA DMX race. And I think it's UCI all three days. Yeah. So the Friday, Saturday are UCI HCs, I want to say. That t- second rung. Um, mm-hmm. Sunday is your guys' elite national championships. Right. Yeah. So I was actually counting it on my calendar the other day. And I think with all the races I have, I have like eight. So I'll probably have to do another one. But the USA Max series, I usually just do the bare minimum of races. And then, I mean, if I get an eighth, I get an eighth. That's it for points. But it's a score. It's a score. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, you're here in Tulsa. So we'll be we'll be talking a bunch. But um, again, I want to thank you for coming on to, to Pull BMX podcast. Um, first one of 2024. You have a busy season, like we were just saying. But we're excited to see you at the Tulsa World Cup. The world's in Rock Hill, the um, national back in Tulsa at the end of the year, and then all those stops in between. So we'll be cheering you on. I think the the local crew out here is going to be getting some posters ready for the World Cup to cheer you on. So it's going to be Oh, gonna be man. Sure. Well, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. Well, Peyton, enjoy the rest of your day. Um, I'll see you soon, probably. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Thank you.